Come on, can you just hug somebody, wave at somebody today, just as you grab a seat? We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're glad you're here in church today, showing up in a strong way in church. I see you, Balcony. We're filling the balcony up there. I love that. Hello, Balcony. Good to see you. And uh, glad you're in church. We're finishing a series today, um, Galatians series, where we've been going through the book of Galatians. And the older I get and the more we do this, the more I'm trying to simplify my faith. We make things so complicated, don't we? And I just want to simplify. I just want to know God, love God, hear his voice, and do it. That's hard enough. I don't need to add anything else to it. Just hear God and obey what he says. And we've been going through the book of Galatians. God's been speaking through to us. And if you have your Bible, uh, keep turning to Galatians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, you can get one today on the way out. we got free Bibles. If you want one, just take one. But Galatians chapter 6, we're in the last chapter. This is the last week of our series. Uh, we're getting ready to launch into our Christmas series. How many are ready? Just, gosh. Any ready in the Christmas spirit yet? Anybody? Where are my Christmas people at? Let me hands. Okay. All right. The whole front row. Okay. How many aren't there yet? How many are not there yet? All right. Okay. I'm on my third Christmas movie. Not because I love Christmas, because my wife loves Christmas. I do love Christmas. I just love it in December. Um, Christmas is the best three months of the year in our house. And uh, Santa Claus 3 last night. Yeah. It was surprisingly fantastic. And what I love about watching a movie with Nancy is I'm guaranteed she's going to fall asleep before it's over. And uh, I have it gone on to golf on YouTube before she even knows it. So she starts with Santa Claus 3 and she ends with Rick Shields' Golf Channel. It's amazing. He is good. Galatians chapter 6. If you're there, if you're there say, hey. All right, we're waiting for you. I'm going to read a few verses today, just uh, four verses from Galatians chapter 6. We've been going through each chapter each week, and God's been speaking to us. I've sort of reminded, if you've been here for any of the other um, sessions, other messages, is I personally do not like Paul, the apostle. He's rude. He's so un-Nova Scotian. Nova Scotian, we're polite to your face. We'll think it in our heart, but we'll just, we'll just smile at you. I just had guests here from, that are Australian, that are living in Vancouver. They were preaching last week, and they're like, everybody just lets everybody go in traffic. I'm like, no, we're, we're muttering under our breath, but we're just too polite not to, like, we don't put our seat back on the plane. If, you, if you're like, I put my seat back on the plane, you're probably from Ontario, and you moved here. Uh, as Nova Scotians, we just, like, that. I can't, I just can't do that. I just feel so much guilt. Paul does not come across like a Nova Scotian. He's just very blunt, but I love that he tells the truth just like it is, and I'm thankful that the word of God convicts and directs. And in Galatians chapter 6, let me read the first uh, few verses, starting in verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, already Paul is starting off on a softer tone. He knows he's finishing off his letter. He knows he has to end on a high note. But you can see he's corrected. He's addressed some things. And uh, he's still not done directing and correcting, but he has a softness. And it really sets the tone for the whole book when he starts with his family. It's like he's channeling his inner Vin Diesel. It's family. Uh, it's about brothers and sisters. He says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. That's a beautiful visual right there. It's one line, but it's so much truth in that. We don't write each other off. We just don't turn our back, unfollow. It says help them back, humbly and gently. Help them back to the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. 
Share each other's burdens in this way. Obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Here's the Paul we love right there. Look at that right there. Some of you need to underline that. That needs to be your promise verse for the week. We used to have these promise boxes. Anybody have that growing up? These verses on back of the sink? We had this little blue box. You'd pop it open. There'd be a promise and a scripture for the week. That one was not in there. I love that one. You are not that important. I love that right there. Some of you just need to hear that today. You are not that important. Just let that marinate and bless your soul. Jumping down to verse 10. says this. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those here we go back with the theme of brothers and sisters, especially those in the family of faith. We should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Today, I just want to talk for a few minutes as we close out this series of Galatians on this title, You're Not That Important. You're not that important. And some of you are like, that's too harsh. That's not Nova Scotian. I understand. Some of you like that title. Some of you are like, that's a little too rough. I got another one for you. Ready? This one's a little better. Let's change the title to this. Your family. How's that a little better? Let's just call it that one. You can choose whatever title you like the most. You want to write down your notes? You're not that important? Look at the person next to you and just say, your family. Your family. Look, point at someone in this room that needs to know that today. Your family. You are family. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for these next few minutes where your word will be unpacked. God, I thank you for those that walked in here. A lot of courage for some to walk into this place. Um, church is a big deal. It's been a long time, and I'm thankful today. God, our prayer is that they would not just encounter uh, a nice hour, hour and a half, but Father, that they would leave here with hope, joy, forgiveness, and Jesus on their lips, and faith in their heart. God, we pray for us, the church, today, that we would not be religious, that we would not be so focused on systems and schedules that we don't make room for you. We make room for you today. God, we thank you that you're alive and you have a plan for our lives. God, we, we ask for your blessing over these next few minutes. Would you just speak to us what we need to hear? In Jesus' name, everybody said. I was reading a story this week, um, an inspiring story. I like to read. I'm trying to increase my reading and like Pastor Matt, my podcasting and um, trying to make sure I have healthy stuff coming into my life. And I was reading this inspiring story this week about a mother and son in Asia. And the story goes that there was this young man, his name was Hu Jen, and he was just two years old. And when he was just two, he fell from the table that he was having supper at, having a meal at, and he fell so, so violently, he actually hurt himself so much he went into a coma and, after six days, he awoke from his coma, and they found, the doctors found he was unable to move. He was actually paralyzed for life. And like any parent, his mother, whose name is Lukai, was terribly upset. You can imagine the trauma in that moment. Her two-year-old little son is, had traumatic event, this accident, and now to the realization that he's going to be paralyzed, and all the dreams and hopes that she had for her son would now go through a different lens as he was paralyzed, and his physical health was... was um, was affected. It's interesting, though, in her distress, it was multiplied by the fact that being a, a single parent and being quite poor, she could not afford to place him in any medical care or any type of rehab. It was just her and her son navigating this new journey uh, with his paralysis. and Instead, she carried, cared for him um, 
And over the last 30 years, as this story was written, over the last 30 years, she actually went to the fact that she actually carried him on her back for the rest of his life when he had to go somewhere. She could not afford a wheelchair, could not afford treatment, could not afford rehab. So she got into the habit of this two-year-old starting to carry him wherever she needed to go, wherever he needed to go. And as she's grown older and more frail, the story goes on that she's many times over the years, over the last 30 years, she has fallen, she's fractured bones, and she's carrying her grown son, who now at this point of the story that I read is 180 pounds, yet this this woman continues to carry him. And when she was asked, how can a 65-year-old woman who weighs just uh, under 100 pounds could carry this grown man on her back, her reply was simple, and I thought it was profound today. She said, he ain't heavy, he's family. He's not heavy, he's family. This is the context that we find in Galatians 6. Paul has set up in the beginning of the, of the book in different chapters about law and grace, about works and faith, and that there's so many trying to put you under law that it's about what you do and how you do it and what you say, and there's these rituals. And it speaks through time to us today that we want to put the same rules on us, the same regulations, the same systems, the same structure, the same schedule. And Paul was saying, listen, we believe in, in the, in, as we went into the fruit of the Spirit, that things should grow out of your life. Listen, if you've been around Jesus, your life changes. But you don't live a certain way trying to earn God's favor. You simply act a certain way because you've been in God's favor. And there's a difference in that statement. I'm amazed that my, my son, who's living in Vancouver, and you met his pastors, they were here last week, they're Australian. When I talked to him, he's like, Dad, I can't help it. I live in a house full of Australians. I'm starting to speak with an Australian accent. He's like, I don't want to do it. He's like, it's just weird. As I'm learning new words that they say, he's like, I say it like they say it, and now I'm getting an Australian accent. It's interesting. He didn't speak a certain way to get favor or entrance into that house. But as he's around that atmosphere, he starts to change the way he acts, that's what Paul is wrestling with us for. Galatians 6 is the antithesis, it's the opposite of Galatians 5. In Galatians 5, people are devouring, criticizing, and destroying each other. But in chapter 6, Paul challenges the church to help carry one another. And there's this, this, there's this, this, this opposite, there's this change in his tone and his instruction. I want to remind you today that carrying people is what the body of Christ does. That's what church is. The church is not a building. It's not a structure. It's not stained glass or theaters. It's actually a group of people under one cause and one name. And Paul's saying the body of Christ, the church, carries people. And that's what we do. Galatians 3 warns against living under the weight of law and religion. But Galatians 6 warns us to not let go of the weight of community. See, not all weight is bad. That's why Jesus says, you know, carry my burden for it's easy. It's, there's still a weight to carry, but it's not the weight of acceptance. It's the weight of responsibility. There's a difference in that. One, the law and living under religion holds you back. The latter, grace and community, actually lifts you up. That is the whole premise of this chapter. Galatians 6, carrying one another and allowing yourself to be carried. I want to remind you today in this church, you're not heavy, you're family. Sometimes you deal with people in church, like, man, that's a heavy situation. I keep reminding myself today that they're not heavy, you're not heavy, we're not heavy, we're family today. A sign of a healthy body 
is his ability to heal itself. Did you know that? I'm fascinated. Um, even this last week, had to deal with some, um, some emergencies and some stitches with people and, and FaceTiming doctors and trying to get us. And I'm, it's amazing how the body will heal itself. A healthy body will heal itself. It's brilliant. Uh, on our fridge, we have this collage of memories on the side of our fridge. And sometimes as Josh has moved to the West Coast and Maddie's getting older, I find myself just staring, eating Baby Bell cheese at the fridge. I'm just smuggling baby bell to my jacket when Nancy's not around. And I'm just sitting there looking at the fridge. I don't know if you know, do this. Maybe as grandparents, like we do this. Maybe as parents, you do this. And like, they were so young for such a short time. And I'm looking at this fridge of collage of Christmas cards from many in this room and people around the world that we love. And then our own kids and memories. And my eyes this week went to a picture. One of my favorite pictures is of Maddie, our daughter. And I don't know how old she was, but she was probably eight or nine. And she broke her arm swinging off of a soccer net at one of Josh's soccer games and she fell and typical Maddie, she didn't tell us it was broken and we get her in the car and she's just grimaced. She's like her mother. She's very strong and very tough. And she's just, she's just, we realized her arm wasn't, when she, we, we tried to put her sweater on her, she was just wincing. And finally we went and get it checked. And like, sure enough, her arm just above the elbow was broken. Been broken for like three days. We felt like horrible parents. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. She's fine. She's not complaining. Josh is more like me. We, we would have been like crying and upset. And Maddie's just like, I'm good. Just give me a stick to bite on. I'm good. And anyway, we got it checked. Remember this? It was broken right, uh, right above the elbow. And it was so serious. They actually thought about doing surgery. But instead, they put this really cool, she wanted a pink cast. So she got this pink cast. And there's this picture of her in bed. And she's got the suntan of being summer, a sun kissed from the summer. She's tan and her hair is wild and she's asleep. And she looks so cute, her little pink cast on top of her pillow. And she's asleep. And of course, we took a picture like parents do and it's on our fridge. And it's amazing as I thought about that. And now I see Maddie and she's running and she's taking the dogs for a walk. And she's, she's just full of life and energy. I thought, isn't it interesting how the body can heal itself? This is what Paul is saying about the church. The church is called the body of Christ. And when it's healthy, the church has healing components within it. There's been so much in these last few years of hurts and trauma. And there's been a whole movement of church hurt. And most of it is very real. There's been abuse of power and abuse of, uh, of culture. And there's so many hurts. But what's interesting, Paul reminds us, is that when a body is healthy, it heals itself. Paul's reminding us that the church is the body of Christ. And this is what Paul sees when he reminds us to carry each other's troubles and burdens. Don't underestimate, church, what you can offer in this space to heal someone else. I think we underestimate sometimes. We think, I just got to come in. I got to get my seat. I get my coffee. I drop my kids off. I sing a couple songs. I think sometimes we underestimate the potential in a moment. Paul says, look for every opportunity to do good. I think sometimes we miss great divine opportunities. And I think we underestimate the power of these moments. We underestimate what you can offer in this space. You're singing. Your conversation, your giving, your connection, your life. You underestimate what your presence in this space can do for someone else. I'm reading about it, statistics. I'm, I'm seeing e even medical reports on this. The power coming out of the pandemic of being in community of what it does for people. Right. I, I was reading a study recently that just smelling people, good smells and bad smells. People can have good smells and bad smells. You know what I'm talking about. 
but just hearing voices, seeing, brushing up against strangers in the middle of, uh, of crowds and malls, that there is something healing about being around people. Which is interesting because when you're bothered, when you're stressed, when you're dealing with anxiety, you want to be away from people. But medically, this wasn't a Christian, this wasn't a pastor, this was a scientist and doctors talking about the power of actually seeing, hearing, touching, being around people. I think we underestimate what you're singing. Some of you are thinking, I, I just, just a song. No, no, there's something about your voice. You're not there for the conversations we have pastorally, where people say, I walk in this room, and when I hear the singing, something happens. The reason why this room is dark is not because we're trying to be a cool church. It's actually creating a private space for people to encounter God. Sometimes our churches become more of a viewing of each other. And who's that person? Who are they sitting with? And are they new? And we put the spotlight on people. And our, our heart here, what we're trying to do is not be a cool church. We're actually trying to put the focus this way, but we're also trying to get the spotlight off people that they can have a private moment. Because when they encounter God and each other, something happens a lot of times. We see more people walking out, wiping their eyes or taking a moment when they hear your voice, they, they, they feel your faith, they see your prayers, they see families coming, they see people in all areas of life and all struggles and all victories navigating their faith. There's something about being in the room. There's something about being a church community. I think we underestimate what we can offer in this space. That's why your singing matters. It's not just something to fill the room and make us feel good as leaders. There's something about your voice. Whether you sing well or not, there's something about your faith being activated to words. There's something about this space, conversations. That's why we make room, we make time, we make space, we make budget for coffee in the lobby. It's not because you need more coffee. It's because we need more chances for a connection. There's something when you get in with somebody and you hear about their week and they lift you and you lift them. I think we underestimate what we can do in this space. And sometimes our privacy can actually become our downfall. We're afraid to come clean or be vulnerable what we need help. And we're talking about the body of Christ, and Paul's addressing it here in Galatians 6, that sometimes, it, whether it be we're too vulnerable and too private to be vulnerable in our singleness or our marriages or our thought lives or our finances or our children, we're only deceiving ourselves and setting ourselves up for failure because Paul says, listen, you need to be vulnerable enough to carry someone or be carried in this season. And sometimes we're just, we're so full of, we're so fake, we, but we disguise it as faith. God's good all the time, all the time God is good. I'm highly favored of the Lord. Love you, bless you, I am well. And if you're doing well, we celebrate. But sometimes there needs to be a vulnerable place where you can say, listen, just not been a great week. Or I'm struggling with this. I just need someone to believe with me, hold me accountable and help and lift me up. And sometimes we, our, our privacy becomes actually our downfall. Over the years, I've had this conversation many times, pastoring for well over, over 20 years now. I've had this conversation more than once where someone comes to you and they say, hey, I'm not doing well. I'm not doing well. So I think what's going to happen is it's a tough, tough season. I need to step away from coming to church for a season. Had that conversation more times than I can count. Hey, it's a tough season going through this relationally, going through this mentally, going through this with my life. It's a tough season. Yeah, I just want to pull back. It's going to pull back. It's a tough season. I'm going to pull back from coming to church for a while. And I hear what they're saying. I hear what they're saying, but what it tells me is that they see church as a responsibility you have, not a, bar, not a body that you're a part of. And there's a difference in the way you view it. Right. And so many times we see it as a place we come to be a part, to, to attend. It's a, it's, a, it's a weight, it's a responsibility that we have, not a body we're a part of. I remember being a youth pastor and parents would say, my kids are struggling, they're rebellious, they're dealing with this, dealing with that. 
hey, we're gonna ground them from this sport, we're gonna ground them from this, and we're grounding them from youth church. I remember thinking, why? And I realized because they see youth church as a privilege and a club that they're a part of, not a community to lift each other up. When you're struggling, this should be the place you run to. Maybe stop serving, maybe pull back from responsibility and, and helping maybe make this space happen. But to come to a place where you can be vulnerable, be lifted up by the prayers, the voices, the singing, the faith, the lives of others, why would you walk away from that? Unless you only see it as a responsibility you have, not a body you're part of. That's what Paul's addressing here. Your family. You need to know that, your family. You may not look alike, you may not live in the same part of town, you may not have the same background, same accent same first language, but we are family in this room. That's why Paul starts his whole chapter with brothers and sisters, knowing it would be read throughout time. Brothers and sisters were family. The Christian life was never meant to be done alone. Only weak people think they're strong enough to do the Christian life alone. I hear that. Yeah, I don't need this. I'm good. I'm on my own. No, no, only weak people think that. When you try to make yourself look like a super Christian, your faith, uh, your life expectancy of your faith will not be very long. As a church currently, if you've had eyes to see, we're in a growth spurt as a church. I don't know if you've noticed that. We're in a growth spurt. And I, I don't understand it. We actually have conversations that we don't understand what's happening right now. It's just the goodness of God. We're in a growth spurt. It doesn't make sense. If you look at the data, look at the statistics, understand culture, understand what's happening, it does not make sense why our largest Sunday we've ever had was last Sunday. And before that was the largest Sunday we ever had. It doesn't make sense. Because we're not trying to grow the church. We're not trying systems. We're not trying ideas. We're not, there's no petting zoos. There's no outside bouncy castles. There's no baby bells being handed out to first-time guests. <laughs> Write that down. That's a great idea. Okay, thank you. I already see the transition. Say cheese at the guest. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That's a Gouda idea, though. No, uh, that's, that's horrible. That's hope. That's why I got more jokes. I'm just going to let it go because it's actually the spiritual point in the message. But we're in a growth spurt as a church. We're in a growth spurt. And I've been wrestling. We've been wrestling with this. And what will help us from just being a full theater and make sure that we stay being the body of Christ? Because if we're not careful, we'll have a full theater, but it won't be church. It'll be, it, 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 it'll be a theater, it'll be a session, it'll be a club, it'll be a service, it'll be a, something you attend. How do we make sure that we just don't have a full theater and full kids ministry and full cafe? How do we make sure we're not just a full theater and we stay the body of Christ? Is that we make the priority of carrying others and allowing ourselves to be carried. And sometimes I have no problem carrying someone else the vulnerability of letting someone carry me is very tough. Yeah. Let me ask yourself, let me ask you two questions today. I want you to ask yourself two questions. Because this is, this is the tension we're in as a church. How do we not become just a theater full of people, but to maintain the body of Christ? And it's these two questions. Who are you carrying today? It's, I'm, I'm asking you. I want you to think about it. Who are you carrying today? Because if we're not careful, we're so isolated, we come in our own car, walk in our own sit in our own seat, have our own thoughts, leave here, go off to our own lives, and we become so compartmentalized, there's no room to carry and be carried. Who are you carrying today? Who in this family is further along because of you? 
Who? Who in this room, who in this community is further along in their faith because you reached down with compassion and humility and gentleness and said, listen, I can carry you. You're not heavy, you're family. Right. Just, I, I know I gotta run, but let me just take a minute and just, let me just, you, you okay? How's your week? Right. Do you know some people come back here, they don't come back for the preaching. And everybody said, amen. They come back for the conversation more than you know. When we have conversations with people that are being carried, they know they're being carried. They're like, I met this person. I met this guy. I met this girl. I met the head this moment. I was invited out to lunch with the young adults. Someone stopped and talked to me. It's never what you preached. It's always who lives the message in the lobby. Right. Who is further along in their faith because you carried them? Yeah. Who is further along because of your giving? Who is further along because of your serving? Who? Who have you carried in this community? That's a question you need to ask. And then maybe even a, a harder question is, who's carrying you? Who are you vulnerable with? Who really knows you in this room? I had a few conversations this week where I was vulnerable with some people over coffee. and just They're like, how are you doing? You know, some people ask, but they really ask. And I'm doing well. I cry a lot these days, but I'm doing well, just so you know. It's a happy tears. Uh, but I, I, I just, how are you? And they, and they meant it, and it was a safe spot, and there was one man in particular, a man of faith, and a man of longevity, of, of maturity, and fruit of the Spirit, and just trust, and I could just share my heart openly with what I'm concerned about, what I'm carrying, what I feel the weight of, what I'm struggling with, and I felt this space, we have coffee once a month and he's here today and there's no agenda just to be connecting. And this older man in the faith, not that much older, he'll like me to say that if he's listening. <laughs> he's more like an older brother, but I, I, there's a place to be vulnerable that I feel like I could be carried. Let me ask you, who's carrying you in this space? Who's carrying you? Who knows how you're really doing? Not the car you drive, not, not, not where you work, not what your, what your fit looks like, not, not how your hair is done, not how you look. How, how, who, who are you vulnerable with? Who carries you? Verse 3 of chapter 6 warns anyone who thinks they're above the need of community. Here's what Paul says. You're not that important. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I just come in last minute, leave early. I just, you know, I'm good. I just need that hour on Sunday morning check. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I got this. No, you know, they can help each other. I'm just, I just come for the moment. It's a good thing to do. Let me, listen, the Bible says, I love this. Paul, this is where I like Paul. He's like, you're not that important. You're not that important. The New Testament uses the phrase throughout its pages, one another. It's a theme woven through the New Testament, one another, one another, one another, because we're connected. We're carrying and we're being carried. One another says this, one another, it says build up one another, Romans 14, 17. It says accept one another, Romans 15, 7. It says care for one another, 1 Corinthians 12, 25. It says serve one another, Galatians 5, 13. It says bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6, 2. It says be kind to one another. My God, if we ever needed something, it's to be kind. Be kind to one another, Ephesians 4, 32. Comfort one another. 1 Thessalonians 4.18, encourage one another, Thessalonians 5.71. I want to remember today that we're not heavy, we're family. Who are you carrying and who's carrying you? And today, I felt as we were preparing for today and we have time, we're going to help lift some of you up. 
you feel heavy today, you feel like you need someone to lift you up, Alex and the team are going to lead us in worship, and then we're going to make room today. Because it's one thing to lead a song about it. It's another thing to actually make room to make room. I want to encourage you. You can be good or you can be real and be vulnerable. And what we're going to do is we're going to spend a few minutes in just a moment. We're going to worship. And I have a couple of our pastoral team and some of our leaders are going to come along this front. And they got past badges on so you know that they're legit. And we're going to say this. If you want prayer for anything as we worship as a church, they're going to make time and make space for you to come down. And you can be as vulnerable as you want to. And we're just going to pray for five minutes, a few minutes. going to pray, make room. And already in this camp, there's some are going, I just, I, just, I just need to be carried. And others are like, I'm good, I'm good. I'll carry, but I don't want to be carried today. You're not that important. Some of you are like, I got to run to my team. You're not that important. Your ministry is not that important. I want to encourage you, there's space here. Some of you need to be carried because if you're, not, if you're not smart enough, if you're not in tune enough, that you'll actually become disconnected and fade off. And the Bible, Paul says there, you won't last, you won't make it. You're not heavy today. But I believe today of joining our faith with you in a moment like this, that God can rush in and believe for miracles in your finances, in your health. Some of you need prayer for your health. And you come in here strong and you're trying your best, but you need a miracle from God. Some of you, it's your, it's your relationships, your marriages, your, marriages, your, your relationships are, are, are not in a good place. And as vulnerable as you want to be, can we just agree with you today? Some of you, it's direction. You need for your business, for schooling, for maybe relationships. You're like, I need a clear direction by this date because I need to make a decision and I need to hear from God. Can we just lift you up today? Some of you are like, man, I just, I need you to pray for this family member. I love them, I, but they're far from God. Can you just pray for them today? Can we lift them up for you today? Some of you are like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just, I'm not doing well. I don't understand what it is. I'm, can we lift you up today? But today as we worship and the team's gonna lead us, we wanna make space today just for a few minutes to not be a theater that dismisses and just goes for coffee, but to be the body of Christ and make room to lift each other up. So we wanna fight it. We don't wanna just be a full theater that we're filling up and, and we're in a growth spurt. We wanna make sure that we're the body of Christ. We wanna make room today to lift you up. If you're just like, I'm good, Mike, I'm strong. I'm in a good place. Would you help us today? Would you lift some people up? Would you worship? Would you lift your hands in faith? Would you believe as people come to this altar for prayer? Would you say, no, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know the request, but I'm believing God's best for them. God has for me. I want to be seen as someone that's going to carry somebody today. Because if you're here, you know you've been carried. I don't have time to list the people that carried me. I've been carried for most of my life by parents and spouse and friends and churches and pastors and help me get where I am. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, it's time to just carry someone else now. Let's stand to our feet today for a few minutes. We're going to worship Alex. Would you lead us through this? We're going to stir our faith as we, as we do this today. Maybe you need prayer for healing physically. Maybe you need healing for emotions. Maybe you're overwhelmed with grief and grief is important to process through, but maybe you feel like it's time to move past grief from grieving into dreaming. Maybe it's fear you're carrying. Maybe it's sadness. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's directional. You need opportunity to answer for a job, for school, for a relationship. I don't know what it is for you where you need God to carry you and someone to believe with you, but today we want to believe together. So Alex, would you lead us for a few minutes and then we're going to open up the prayer, open up the altar, and we'll get some people coming in a moment. But just for a moment, can we just make room for God to lift us up today? You came in one way, but you can leave different. Amen. Let's worship. He
Come lead us in prayer. Help us in prayer. If you'd line up along this front, we're going to worship. Team's going to lead us. I believe in this moment, it's a chance to be carried. Some of you need to be lifted up. Some people you need to, in your life, you know, I need someone to help me today lift these people. Or I need to be lifted myself. We want to make room today. We have some people here praying along the front. I'm going to be down here as well. Can we spend the next five minutes? We won't go long. But can we fight the temptation to be a theater full of people or be the body of Christ? And can we lift some people up? Amen. Today we're going to pray, believe, come to the altar, come for prayer, and let God lift you. Amen. Let's go.
Let's sing that together. What a powerful name it is. Come on, every voice.
Come on, let's pray together. We're going to keep this atmosphere going. We're going to dismiss in a moment, but we want to make room. If you want to be lifted up, if we're praying for you, we're in no rush. Listen, you're not heavy, you're family. Some of you are like, I just can't be vulnerable today. Or some of you are thinking, man, I, haven't, I don't know if I've lifted anything. We carry and we're carried. We're the church and the body of Christ. It's not heavy, it's family. And we're committed to God doing what only he can do here, amen? Let me bless you. Father, I bless this church. I bless this, this body. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are strong and you are able. And today, together, we come to you. Some of us are being carried and some of us are carrying. But today, God, we say, would your presence be thick and real in this place? God, from marriages to physical healings to, to, to mental health, Father, to finances, to direction, to our children, our grandchildren, to our singleness, Father, I pray that you would wove yourself through this. And God, would your grace and your presence be rich. God, we thank you for miracles in this place. We thank you that you are good and you are God. And God, you carry us today. So Father, we let you carry us. And we speak your health. We speak your strength over this place. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church, we love you. You're dismissed. We're gonna keep this atmosphere if you wanna keep praying. Coffee is flowing. Next Steps is happening. Nova Kids is finished. We love you. Amazing. Have an amazing week, and we can't wait to see you next Sunday morning.